on the Weeping Angels Homeworld. Hi, honey, I'm home. Good day, dear. The best. Are you crying? No, I'm just covering my eyes so we don't come trapped in a quantum lock for all eternity. Good show. What's for dinner? Oh, about that. I'm afraid I had a bit of an accident in the kitchen. Oh dear, what happened? Well, I thought a roast would be nice, but the moment I touched the chicken, I sent it back 60 years and fed off its potential energy. Oh dear. Yes, I eventually found it again, but it had aged 60 years. I see. The meat was a little powdery. Well, not to worry. Perhaps you could fix me a gin and tonic instead. Oh, of course, darling. Is there a problem, Honey Bunch? You're going to have to stop looking at me first. Oh, yes. Uh, right. Sorry. Here we are. I'm afraid there's no lemon slice because the moment I picked up the lemon, I instantly transported it back 60 years and fed off its potential energy. The potential energy of a lemon? Yes. Doesn't sound very likely. It was very refreshing. I imagine it would be. Gerald? Yes, Penelope? Why don't you ever look me in the eye and say you love me? Mostly because of the whole being turned to stone quantum lock thing. Yes, of course. I'm being terribly silly, aren't I? Hush now, Penelope. Pay it no mind. Tell you what, I'll take the dog for a walk. Oh dear. About the dog. Don't tell me you sent it back in time again. Not me, it was little Johnny. You know how he brought that picture home from school? Of course, he'd drawn a picture of us in crayon. We'd stuck it on the fridge. Well, I'm afraid it became sentient and set the dog back 60 years to feed on its potential energy. What a nuisance. Spare a for Thido. That's 420 in dog years. Terrible way to go. I suppose it was a blessing in disguise. I could never get a thing done around the house with him watching me. Ah, Penelope. Why didn't you tell me we had a guest? No, darling, I'm pretty sure that's an actual statue. He hasn't moved all day. Perhaps it's dormant. Or shy. Oh dear. I seem to have absentmindedly looked in the mirror, thereby dooming myself to be quantum locked in my stone state for all eternity. That is bad luck. Yes. Why do we even have this mirror? Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Oodcast. My name's Laura Simpson and with me I have Chris Alpha. Hello. Chris Sigma. Hello. And the amazing Andy Candy only from Tandy. Hi. And this week marks the return of Doctor Who's scariest nemesis ever. And uh, I know you always bring your family oh. with you on set. He's here too. So, uh, oh. No way. Every time. I think I can handle this. Um, there we go. Goodness me, I didn't expect him to return. We hadn't heard him since Rose. No, I think this is like a five-year cycle. Something to do with general elections, new series. I don't know. Every time there's a new showrunner? Could be. He f- could feed on the potential energy of a new showrunner. Yeah, time will tell. <laughs> well, he's gone now, so that's okay. You were saying, Laura? Uh, yes, yeah, so 
This week marks the return of one of the creatures that's most likely to make me wet myself. The Stone Angels. Or the oh. Weeping Angels, oh, as yeah. they're more normally called. They're awfully polite, though, aren't angels. they? They're the world's kindest psychopath. Well, they're so polite, they're like, I hope you don't mind me asking, sir. The, the angels wanted to know what their mistake was. Wasn't I do that, hope you don't mind me asking. Without going into a review, wasn't that because he was using the voice of a very polite young man who was terrified mm. out of his tiny little wet pants? Yes, but I do like the idea that they are polite. Mm. The Lonely Assassins. I forgot they were called that. The, nice. the only psychopaths to kill you... What was it? To kill you nicely, was it? Very much so. Mm. So there'll be a lot more of that incredible analytical... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, debate. sir. Would you mind if I just rip your throat out? Mm. Thank you. Um, but before all of that, it's the Ucast News. Ucast News. Following screenings of The Time of Angels, a Catholic priest has been defrocked for firing baton rounds at a parishioner as penance for thinking about the footy during Mass. He stated, A more militaristic church? Great! This will work better than three Hail Marys. The broadcaster, Graham Norton, has left the country in a hurry. Papers released by the Mayor of London's office this week reveal what appears to be a cover-up of rumours that surfaced just before the mayoral election in 2008, which suggested that he was, in fact, a Slitheen. A draft press statement, which wasn't used at the time, defended everyone's favourite scarecrow, saying that he consumed large amounts of fizzy drinks and canned beans when stressed. Hello Magazine have secured exclusive photo and interview rights to the Doctor and River Song's wedding. The pictures will appear in the special 5,000th anniversary edition of the magazine to be published in June 1986, two years before the first issue went on sale. The front cover will feature a spoilers warning. Rimmel UK has been forced to withdraw claims that its latest lip gloss would hypnotise your man after tests revealed that a single snog wouldn't transport you to a metaphysical garden. An executive said, It's a figure of speech. Sources from the Labour and Conservative parties have complained that since the victory of the Daleks promptly featured a yellow Dalek, the other two parties have not been given such exposure. Show insiders have refuted this, pointing out the Doctor's reference to the blue boringers in this week's episode. Labour can expect an appearance next week in the form of a Star Trek-like junior officer who sacrificed to the Angels to enable an escape. The design and production of the Weeping Angel action figure has been abandoned because everyone was too scared to work on it. Alfred Bird & Sons Limited, a subsidiary of Premier Foods, has today announced the new promotional face of their famous Angel Delight brand, the Merca. When asked why they hadn't considered the Weeping Angels for the position, a spokesman said, oh yeah, that would have made a lot more sense. <laughs> and finally... Speculation is rife this week that Doctor Who and Ashes to Ashes will come together this year for a Christmas special. BBC staff had said that Matt Smith loves the show and is really excited about climbing behind the wheel of Gene Hunt's car. The Ashes to Ashes star is not so impressed with the idea, however, being quoted as responding, I'm not letting a flouncy posh puff get his hands on my quattro. Podcast News. OK, everybody. The Time of Angels, is that what it was called? I'm very forgetful, aren't I? The Time of Angels. Yes. What did we all think? Who wants to have a start? 
I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I thought, now this is what I thought Doctor Who was going to be like when I heard the moth was going to take over. Awesome. Blew me away. So much going on. So many twists and turns. So many scary bits. So many... I'm sounding like a Dalek. Um, And what an intricate plot. And what the flip is going to happen next? I love it. I thought it was incredible. There were parts where I was scrabbling around on the sofa like a trapped animal. I was so scared to see what was going to happen next. Namely the bit where the, where the angel comes out through the view screen. <gasps> oh, oh, That was me being very frightened. Um, also, but- coincidentally, it was Laura's impression of the TARDIS landing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of the TARDIS landing, oh my goodness, when River Song lands the TARDIS and she takes off the funny stabiliser things... And um, it was brilliant because she totally kicks his ass. I I really wanted to hate that. I really wanted to hate it. But but you can't, can you? So, so well written. It was really funny. I couldn't couldn't hate it. It was brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant. Because, I mean... Just being a pedant for a few seconds, that means that the master also leaves the bricks you from should. his time. Don't spoil it, Chris. Don't spoil it. That's because I'd... men think they know how technology yeah. works, but they don't really. I just thought that was The Rani's one did it too. Maybe the Rani's so. a man. Ooh. Maybe River Song is a Rani. <gasps> Maybe River Song is a ma- No. No, okay. hold on. Um Is a murker. <laughs> but the script was brilliant, wasn't it? It was it was really, really intricate and really, really I, I it, the pace of that really blew me away because I found myself at the beginning I knew I was at the I was sitting on the edge of the sofa because I was too excited to sit further back Uh, after half an hour I realized I was actually buried into the back of the sofa (laughs) with my feet up on the sofa and I didn't realize it was that close to the end yeah and I've watched it twice since then and each time I've thought where did that go that I'm sure my computer's just skipped half an hour yeah it was the kind of episode that I wasn't sure Stephen Moffat was going to be able to write with the additional pressure of running the whole show. Mm. I think because it was so intricate and so well-paced, I wondered if he would be able to spend the time on it to allow himself to be that good, but it turns out he's just that good. <laughs> mm. Right from the reveal that the guy wasn't really in the park, he was actually on a spaceship, I thought, oh, here we go, this is it, this is great. And then yeah. Mike Skinner, that was, from the streets. From the streets. Bizarrely. Uh, yeah, yes. Mm. No wonder nobody recognised him. Okay. <laughs> and then the whole opening sequence, wasn't that brilliant? Wasn't that clever? Wasn't that I did just it. a story on its own? The bit that I, I actually, I laughed out loud because the, you had the, the surreal beginning and then it just went black. 12,000 years later. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> it's a moth episode. Uh, the thing that got me, though, is there's still this sort of horrible, thorny relationship between the Doctor and Amy that was uh, intimated in the beginning when they're running through the museum. He's still being a bit sort of weird with her. And so that's why I was really glad to see him actually appear to take a proper interest in rescuing her and in her life. Mm. And and her her response to being in this critical danger is just to say, you know, get away, Earth needs you. What a lovely little mm. that was a great dialogue scene. Yeah. between the two yeah. of them. I think that we are asking too much to assume that the relationship would be in place by this point. They've actually been together for a total of maybe a couple of days now. You'd still be a little bit prickly with each other at that point. I think mm. you have to earn that kind of deep friendship. And mm. if it just fell into place too quickly, then it wouldn't be worth anything. Plus, in, in a slightly more mundane way, that this was the first episode they shot. So yes. it was mm. never going to be the most perfect representation. Yeah, was anyone else sat there in the beach scenes going, 
watching the beach beach scenes really closely because it was the first thing they shot and it was like i bet it's rubbish is it a bit rubbish no it's not rubbish it's brilliant the, the beach scene followed two two of my favorite moments of the episode which completely nothing to do with the scary stuff that all the interaction between the doctor and river song and i've said before that i don't really like the idea of finding out the river song might be his wife and to be fair i don't think we do find out definitely because we certainly do i love the fact that they amy keeps asking the direct questions and they keep saying well yeah no well hmm and there's a brilliant one where the doctor says, yes, <laughs> I am. I am Mr. Grumpy Head today. But Grumpy there was the two, uh, I, I love the bit, the bit where, the, where River landed the TARDIS and just as the doctor went to leave, no, no, environment checks. And he opens the door and says, yeah, yeah lovely day out. <laughs> that's, to me, that's sort of, okay, the moss really got the doctor perfectly uh, yeah. first. There's one, first up. one thing I was, wasn't that, um, sure about was there are bits in the Amy Doctor relationship which I feel are not quite handled right. It could be because I was so used to Russell T Davis handling them in a particular way that I'm disappointed that it's not done. That when the first thing is when she steps out onto the planet, she doesn't do the whole <gasps> my first alien world thing and the sky is normal and it's a beach and you know like Donna when she went onto the Eudesphere and Rose when she stepped out into. 18th 19th century Cardiff there wasn't none of that um, and I felt that was lacking and the other thing that I wasn't sure about was Amy says you're letting people salute you you never do that I was like well how would she know well because they'd just been in Churchill's bunker and he Mm. wouldn't let people salute him oh did he specifically not allow that I think he did tell somebody off for doing it oh okay all right then that's cool (laughs) <laughs> that's sorry, fine sorry. <laughs> but there are some stuff that the moth picks up on that i would never have thought of like the fact that when in the last episode where amy realizes he has enemies mm. because you wouldn't automatically mm. think he has em- enemies you'd assume that most people would think he's wonderful and yeah. so that realization that this isn't going to be a pleasure cruise that this is going to be really quite hard work and sort of death defying most of the time she doesn't automatically assume that which i thought was brilliant yeah it, it's it's the uh and there was me thinking we would be jaunting around the galaxy being mm. being daft and mm. solving stuff and of that that yeah and then also the uh, a bit in the trailer when she switches off the telly that once again amy's really bright she worked it out all on her own that okay so <clears throat> the image becomes the angel the tv has become the angel so when the angel's not on the telly it's safe to turn it off you know that leap of logic she's such a clever character mm. and the fact that she just she's not only cerebrally clever she's also very much a creature of intuition with her blinking of one eye after the mm-hmm. other mm. which was automatically what i thought sally sparrow it all would do when in the initial blink episode mm. It's actually really, I'm doing it now and I want, it's making me want to blink because I'm not doing both eyes at the same time. It's and I another one of Andrew's amazing minds. hard to do. <laughs> but that's also the moth um, saying to the fans, ha ha, you think that's the solution? Well, I'm going to make the, the character do it and it doesn't work or whatever. The same thing with him actually directly answering the, is Riversong your wife? And he just like, he lets those questions be asked on screen and still avoids them. It's really cheeky and funny at the same time. And there's much more to her. We find out she's yes. been in prison. She yeah. might not be human. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And what was it? The, uh, the 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 cleric with her said uh, he suggests that the doctor won't want to help her when he finds out what she mm. is. But she must That's know that he does because if I she sees uh, him later in the relationship and she knows that in the future they get married, then she knows that this one, which is a very early experience with the doctor can't go wrong ah, because yeah. they still get married later got on. Yeah, got yeah. Sigma noticed a really good bit of retconning 
in this episode um, that I hadn't even picked up on from Silence in the Library. I don't think it is retconning. I think that Stephen Moffat knew in advance that he was going to tell this story, but she does ask in Silence of the Library, have we had the crash of the Byzantium yet? Mm. 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 That's, you've only just noticed that. Have yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the other thing that I picked up from the same two episodes was the ghost mm. voice. So it's very mm. it's it's the same as the 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 data um things whatever that was called mm. the same blogger i complained about <laughs> after the first episode said that the the story felt ponderous what and i thought what, what are you talking are about they huh? out of their tiny little brain box <laughs> it just branched off like a beautiful oh, fern yeah, all these different passages with various people getting their bits mangled and then other people wearing really fierce shoes like for example why would she wear those killer red shoes Did yeah. she know she's gonna have to run around in them <laughs> even though they were totally sexy like i said oh. on the dance floor oh, yes. you better have something to hang on to <laughs> <laughs> she is smoking Incidentally, I really love that, the, 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 the speech when the Doctor explained what the graffiti on the box was to Amy. So this ancient old high Gallifreyan, you know, that once upon a time these, these words would burn stars, eradicate planets. Um, so what does this mean? Hello, sweetie. <laughs> Which, of course, oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> that's her first line in uh, Silence in the Library. Oh, yeah. I see, it all fits oh, together. Yeah. Like an amazing four-dimensional and jigsaw of time. Church, the church as an army. <laughs> What's that all about? Like, oh, it's it's come the on. future, have the you, church has moved on. Have, no, tell? it's the past. Have you never yeah. heard of the Templars? I know, I know, I, exactly. Or That's current what, day in Northampton, the church army. I think they just get a yeah. lot more funding. It, it's, <laughs> it's the moth being cheeky and clever at the same time. And that's one of the many reasons. Do you think this one is of the many reasons the hardware I destined him. for Afghanistan went? It's gone to the church army mm. instead. <laughs> yeah, I just think that this probably was my favourite episode and definitely in the top five since Doctor Who came back. For me, certainly, it was absolutely incredible. And it's the yeah. first part of a two-parter. How mm. many times... And you know I love Russell T. Davis, but how many times during the RTD era did we did we try and say, well, it wasn't very good, but it's the first part of a two-parter, mm. so perhaps the second part will redeem it, but this already mm. is so mm. good. Well, I guess second... we only have to hope that the second half doesn't the, let it the down. The trailer for no, the second part no at the end looked incredible. And it did. it does look like we get some kind of... Uh, not maybe not a solution. This is Stephen Moffat. We can't really expect that, but we get something more on the crack. Mm. Yeah, yeah he might wrap that up. And, crack, and also, is... it looks like he's going to do a, a part two, which is in some ways separate from part one because the setting looks like it's going to be a forest, whereas part one was a cave. And he's doing that. You know, his theory is that part two should almost be a separate adventure from part one, but carrying on the same plot. Just to wrap things up, I've always held Alfred Hitchcock personally responsible for me getting shampoo in my eyes when I'm washing my hair because (laughs) I don't want to shut them because something might come out from behind the curtain and stab me. Now I can hold Stephen Moffat personally responsible for me never, ever shutting my eyes, therefore getting dried out corneas and having (laughs) to have them replaced. Thank you, Stephen. You're happy to walk into a, a maze of death. Maze That's of death, fine. no problem. <laughs> anyway, guys, should we, should we wrap this up with um, a one word about what we thought of the episode? Awesome. Scintillating. Quivering, making an ass- uh, brilliant. That was hyphenated. I'll just go with fantastic. Well, uh, as promised, we do have a special guest with us this week. Hello. Yes, the Dalek Agony Aunt is here today. Um, 
and uh, we're very pleased to have you. Did you did you have a good journey here? Yes, it was fine. My hover facility has been upgraded. I can now cross the channel in a matter of seconds. Excellent. What's your name, Dalek? Dalek Zack. Dalek Zack. Excellent. And how long have you been an agony aunt for? This is my first attempt. We've had a question in from a lover of a lady. It says, Dear agony aunt, I have fallen in love with a beautiful Dalekess. Her eye stalk is beyond beauty, and her rivets have me in raptures. However, all she can think of is death and destruction. How can I make her notice me? There are no female Daleks! Dalek imposters will be exterminated! Exterminate! Exterminate! You will forget her! You will be sent on the Dalek mission to unlock the Time War! Oh, that's a good advice, I think, and transferable to lots of different situations as well, which I think is important. Yes, I know I'll be using that next time. I have a question from a very shy Dalek. It says, I'm afraid my tentacles are sh- too short for a pure Dalek like myself. I daren't leave my casing in case others laugh at me. What should I do? If other Daleks laugh at you, they should be ashamed. Dalek society should not judge you. Size isn't everything. Come out of your casing and be proud. Every Dalek is beautiful on the inside too. Oh, that's that's a very good piece of advice. Thank you. Uh, does anybody else have a question? I certainly feel happier about my lower appendix now because, you know, I was worried about getting that out to show people. And, and your casing is quite awkward to get through doors. It is. Andrew, do you have anything to say to the Dalek? Uh, no, I'm too. You've been scared. quite quiet. You are. Andrew's been huddling in the corner. Uh, but I was wondering if maybe you could read a question out. Oh, okay. Just, yep. just let me put this sheet in front of you so you can't see the Dalek. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Um, dear Agony Dalek, I recently bought myself a new motorbike. When I got it home, I realised one of the fork seals needed replacing. I can't use the bike without it being replaced, but it'll, it will cost me a small chunk of money. I'm quite short of cash, so do I need to get it done now, or do I wait until next month? Thanks for your help, The Funk House. Budgeting your finances for an entire month can sometimes be a bit daunting, especially on a low-level salary. Try to budget for all your essential outgoings, such as rent, facility bills, and food allowance before considering additional purchases. Live within your means, not within your dreams. In addition, fork seals are inferior human technology. This is why you will be annihilated come the glorious Dalek invasion of Earth. Wise words there. We have one final question that's been sent in on audio and uh, from from another Dalek. So let's just play that now. Dalek Agony Aunt, please advise. Behind closed doors, I like to pretend I am a Dodgem car. Is this normal? Advise. Advise. There we go. So uh, do we have some advice for the closet Dodgem? No. It is not normal. You disgust me. Sickos like you should be locked up. See a doctor and exterminate him. (laughs) 
I'm glad he left after that. He seemed to be getting a bit hot under the collar. I think it was the steam coming out of his rivets that gave it away. Yeah, he just shot up through the ceiling. Freaky. It's, it's lucky we had that skylight open, really. Yeah, it, could have been it was. Damage. Oh, speaking of um, listener contributions, I think we need to say a big thank you to Macris for sending us in a lovely audio review a couple of weeks back. Hello, Oodcast. This is Macris talking to you from Sacramento, California in the U.S., Um, I have some thoughts I wanted to share about um, your podcast and about, of course, the new series of Doctor Who. And rather than write a five- or six-page email, I thought I'd just talk at you for a bit, pull out my new digital recorder, and share some thoughts. So, first of all, with respect to your podcast, as I've said on my blog comments, I just love your show, and I'm so glad that you went beyond just the original six episodes that you had planned. You really have a very nice manner that's so easy to listen to. You all have, you know, an intelligent things to say, well thought out, even though, you know, you have differing opinions, but they're all well thought out, well expressed, and you're funny to boot. So, hey, what's not to love? This last episode featured some, well, I, I, I can just call them some laugh out loud moments, and one in particular that I just wanted to thank you for, was um, when Chris Sigma and Laura were at the 11th hour premiere event, and Chris asked Laura to uh, express her excitement by the use of simile and metaphor, and what followed after that was just comic gold. It was, I, I was listening to this at work, and I'm just glad that the door of my office was shut, because otherwise I'm sure I would have been getting some very strange looks from my coworkers, and Laura you have uh, some talent um, when it comes to your songs, especially. Um, they've been getting better and better, and I just loved the one at the end of this last episode. Very funny, very well done. Keep it up. Now, as far as Doctor Who, Eleventh Hour, absolutely loved it. Fabulous debut for a new Doctor, new production team, new companion, everything. I think you pretty much hit on all the things that I loved about the episode. Um, The CGI did let things down a little bit, but what I think is going on here is actually a bit of budget banking, rather than than a a reduced budget. Uh, Just judging by the series uh, previews that we've we've gotten, the trailers, I think there's some, some shots in uh, I think it's Victory of the Daleks, the space battle scenes, and some other things later on in the series that look absolutely fabulous CGI shots. Again, I'm not looking at it in HD, of course. Mm, don't have the uh, ability to do that yet over here, at least uh, not uh, easily. But they look absolutely wonderful. And, of course, I'm sure there's a big finale planned, so I think they're just pinching their pennies early in the series and then so that they can really splurge on certain select scenes and undoubtedly for the finale and late in the series as things go. Theme tune? Mm, I was a little disappointed as well. It wasn't quite what I was hoping for when I heard that they were going to go more electronic with it. I was really hoping for a fully electronic theme tune. Um, Like the original series. All versions of the original series, it was completely electronic and that really worked because it it allowed, I mean, not everybody likes every version of the original series theme tune, but they were all 
interesting, they were different, and they had a, a way of being somewhat unsettling and um, otherworldly. Whereas, of course, in a crestal theme, well, that's completely terrestrial. Now, that being said, I still like it. It's been growing on me. Watched uh, both of the two latest episodes a few times, and every time I do, I, you know, I, I like the new theme music just a little bit more. Beast Below, again, wonderful episode. It just keeps getting better and better. Creepy, not quite as scary as I, I thought it might have been, but wonderful creepiness, and I, I could see tinges of both 7th Doctor, 6th Doctor style to the episode. I think it was actually a reimagining, reinterpretation of a script that was going to be used during the 6th Doctor's time, but it was uh, a very nice episode, very nice indeed. Just, uh, you know, two episodes in, and I gotta tell you, Amy Pond is... My favorite of new series companions, and in the running for one of my favorite companions of all time. She's definitely on the short list. So things are definitely looking up. Can't wait for the next episode, and I can't wait for next episode of your podcast as well. So take care. Dude, so- I was tickled pink to hear the things you had to say. Keep listening and keep sending in the reviews whenever you like. I'll always listen. And actually, I think for all the comments we've received on on the blog and on the Facebook site and and probably through Twitter as well, I still don't understand Twitter, but I assume we've had comments. Um, they've all been amazing to read. It's really, really nice to know that so many people are listening and are enjoying it. So thank you very much. Yeah, it was wonderful. Really wonderful to hear. Keep them coming in. Yeah. Um, and of course, we have another exciting audio inset now. Chris, would you <laughs> like to uh, introduce this one? Yeah, yes, this is the next instalment in the continuing adventures of the Littlest Doctor. did you think of the new Doctor Who, Luke? Great. Great. Was he as good as the one before? Yes. Was he better? He was. He was better? Wow. People That's... thought he wasn't good at all, but he was. Ah. And what did you think of, the, of, of Prisoner Zero? Was he scary? No, he's quite funny. Quite funny? Why did you think he was funny? Because he had those big teeth and he was just a snake with big teeth. <laughs> he was just a snake with big teeth. Yes. Fair enough. Was there anything that did scare you? Nothing. Nothing. Everything oh. was quite funny. I didn't get to see the alien in, in his trap. You didn't get to see the alien in his trap? In, in his jail, I meant. Oh. Well, that's because he'd escaped. Did, did you like the big um, yeah. spaceship with the eyeball? Yes. You did? Did you think that was funny? Yes. Okay. I like the bit when when the new doctor told the beat the the snowflake with the eye and the and the eyeball to go away. I did. You I, liked it. I did. <laughs> and did you like the inside of the TARDIS? Yes, I did. Did it look really, really good? Yes. And you want to go in, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Today from anything. Would you like to tell us about a, an adventure you've been on? Well, the Stone Core Pirates one was about when I 
matter what button it is, you know, a servitor robot. Ah, a servitor robot. And yeah. what happened to the robot then? That some stealing core parts sprang out of the rocks. And what did they do? They pointed their laser guns. They pointed their laser guns at who? At you? Yeah. Or at the I'm robot? Or both of you? Yeah. Goodness me. What did you do then? I I let them get the vortex code out of the robot. You did? I did. And was that a clever thing to do? It was. Why was that a clever thing to do? It was a clever idea that I, that I had, had. And I said, those pirates won't be messing around. Anyone for quite a while, though... They'll be too busy enjoying themselves. <laughs> too busy enjoying themselves? Yeah. Why? What did the Vortex Code do to them? I don't know, but they just didn't go crazy. Okay. And what planet did all this happen on? The planet Crone. And what's special about the planet Crone? It's got green stalks with eyeballs at the top. Has it? For... For the trees. Wow. It's the oldest planet in the universe. Ah, I see. So that was your most recent adventure, was it, Doctor? Yes. And you saved a robot from nasty pirates. Yeah. And sent them off to enjoy themselves instead of being nasty. Yeah. Well, that sounds very Doctor. Okay. Yes, all right. Stop fiddling with the settings on my microphone with your sonic screwdriver. You're loud enough. Okay, so for now... This is yeah. the doctor saying goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> and me, Chris Alpha. Bye bye. Well, I'm sure women's hearts everywhere will be <laughs> melting at He's the sound so of the littlest cute. doctor. He's so cute. <sighs> Maybe we should have a little doctor profile for him on the blog. I think we should. I think we should. Uh, <laughs> For all his fans, he should have a fan page. <laughs> well, he should at least be added to, to the uh, About Us section. Yes, yeah. That, oh, that's what I meant. I think he'd make a very wise Ankeny uncle. We maybe <laughs> try that if, out. If anyone does have questions for the littlest doctor, um, please do send them in. I'll see if I can persuade him to uh, answer them. He's a bit busy, what with all his travelling and um, whatnot. But I'll, I'm sure he'll, he'll be happy to answer anyone's questions about anything to do with his life. Not too complicated, please. I have to explain it. <laughs> well, thanks very much for joining us for this week's episode of the Oodcast. Um, I am absolutely enthralled with the concept of what's going to happen next week. I can barely wait until we can get back to you with our review of Flesh and Stone, the next instalment. <gasps> it's going to be amazing. But until then, it's goodbye from me, Laura Simpson. And me, Chris Alpha. And me, Andy Candish. And me, what's my name? Chris Sigma. Thank you. Stay alive just by stopping, blame.
Feel the dread inside me creeping You're an angel but you're weeping I could spend today plotting my surrender I could stay lost in this death maze forever Hunting creatures made of stone is a thankless endeavor. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to even blink cause you'd snap my neck. And I don't want my neck snapped cause even when I'm dead and gone, you use my voice to carry on it. Doctor trapped, cause you don't want the doctor trapped. Standing close to you, watching frames repeating. I've just stumbled from the vortex, hands off my cerebral cortex. When I check the door, you step right through the view. I'm just gonna pause the film, cut the loop up forever, forever and ever. And I don't wanna close my eyes, I don't wanna even blink, cause you'd snap my neck, and I don't want my neck snapped. Cause even when I'm dead and gone You use my voice to carry on It's the doctor trapped Cause you don't want the doctor trapped I don't want to miss one move I don't want to miss one twitch Find out there's one head on you Instead of two Hard to miss Even though you're made of Represents a thing to find I'll never meet something so evil For all the rest of time Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to close my eyes I don't want to even blink Cause you snap my neck And I don't want my neck Cause you don't want the doctor trapped